Well, Jim, you did it. Oh, well, <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't do it. The the people did it. We, you know, people wrote letters, and and what what they did exactly is a little unclear still. But um, will when the money actually flows to the entities that need it, I will. Um, when I hear from every last performance venue in the state of Oregon that they've received a check from the government. Mm-hmm. Um, in, you know, to help them get through this mandated closure, I will celebrate, and, and then I'll say, "All right, we did it." But right well, now, that's, all, no, that, that, that's always the way. At least, probably, if you if you get a check from the state, you can probably be reasonably certain that it'll clear. <laughs> I, you, well, I hope so. <laughs> you know, you hear things these days, and I'm new to this. I've never gotten it. Uh, you know, my businesses and the entities that I work with have always been scrappy little businesses. That yeah. Yeah. That can't, you know, they make, they make do. Um, nothing against you know, subsidized entities. Nothing against nonprofits and other things like that. But yeah. Yeah. you know, I come, I come from a, largely from a background of institutions that don't generally ask for money from the public. So this was a, right. this was different, a little different for all of us. Yeah. Trying to. Okay. Well, well, let's first of all listen. What what happened the other day uh, at the Portland City Council? What 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 was the action that they took? Well, the Portland City Council uh, took action to approve of funding uh, of, of a spending plan for these coronavirus relief funds, the CRF mm-hmm. money. That uh, was that Portland, as far as I understand, received roughly 115 million dollars in, in money and needs to be spent between now and December. Uh-huh. And so, between now and December, uh, there are a lot of great, worthy causes that are uh, people who are suffering uh, and entities that are on the verge of collapse, um, nonprofits, um, you know, top, the topics are all over the map. And the, the one that I was watching keenly because it affects me and my community was the arts. Yeah. So there was, um, and I, we don't, we don't understand exactly how it's going to be distributed or what the criteria will be, but there has mm-hmm. been um, a $4.5 million dollar, uh, expenditure approved of for arts institutions in the city of Portland, mm. um, which is great. And now, and now the the city is deciding how that can be uh, equitably uh, applied and distributed. Mm-hmm. And that so that's a, that's a conversation that I will have you know as much input on as they'll allow me to. But I think that our leaders are doing a good job of you know asking all the right questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what, uh, Chloe Udaley. Uh, really did a lot of advocacy on this, uh-huh. and uh, Ted Wheeler's team did as well. I think they value both of those leaders value the arts in, uh-huh. in Portland, and uh-huh. ultimately got a yes vote, uh, a yes vote from Amanda Fritz as well. So, yeah, um, yeah. big thanks to them, and a big thanks to all the people who wrote letters, yeah. um, talking to these talking to these leaders about how important these arts institutions are to them. Mm-hmm. So, so let's backtrack a little bit. So the, the 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 virus hits, everything goes dark, and what do you do? What's the first thing you do? Other than well, other, other than cuss. <laughs> it just felt really, uh, you know, everything was foggy, and we didn't know really what we were dealing with back then. How mm-hmm. we knew a lot less about how the virus propagates. We didn't know anything really. We just knew that it was 
we didn't know about its mortality rate. There were all kinds of rumors. You know, one source would say that it has a 1% mortality rate. Another source would say it has a 15% mortality rate. So put yourself back in the beginning of March. And all I knew was that it didn't feel right to have a, have a show and have people gather into an assembly space that was really designed to bring people into close proximity. So right. I, um, I, first thing I had to do was call my good friend Casey Neal and tell him that we weren't going to host his show uh, the mm. next night. This was sort of when, wow. when, when it, it all happened really quickly. And yeah. there was a, the governor said 250 people. Hang on a second. Sorry. Okay. I, you know, we could do shows for 250 people. We, we could. There wasn't mm-hmm. such a thing back then as the social distancing. And, and, and mm-hmm. they were even saying, don't wear masks at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it just didn't feel right. And, and I think most venue owners felt like, well, if we do this, it's just not going to be safe. So uh, Casey Neal was the first person I had to call and say, hey, we, we're not going to do your show. It just doesn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a personal thing. Um, you know, it's a difficult decision to make, but he understood. And then that was followed by hundreds of other phone calls like that in the next, you know, three weeks. And then that was followed by um, hundreds of other phone calls to our our community. That is, our people, our employees, saying, "Yeah, yeah, you know, we don't have any work for you. We're closed. Sorry." Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we, you know, we tried to keep the administrative staff on as long as we could. And I'm, this is everybody's story, right? I mean, this is yeah. every restaurant story. Yeah. This is every venue yeah. story. But eventually, it looked, you know, as things started to become clear about how the reopening was going to go, it became clear that venues were going to be the, the last ones to reopen, Yep. which makes total sense. Mm-hmm. We, we, feel, we, we feel we should be the last ones to reopen. Um, but because of that, when we heard about, you know, hotel chains getting, you know, government aid, and we heard yeah. about... Yeah. Airlines get government aid, and uh, we we said you know we would we would we would appreciate that. <laughs> we, yeah. we think that we deserve some uh, help if anybody's going to get if there's money to go around, uh, we could sure use it because otherwise our businesses are going to close permanently. And I think I think we add something. I think we offer something to the community that is unique and can't be replaced. Mm-hmm. So we just started making our case, got to know more and more venue owners from around the state. And we made our case to the state and we made our case to the city. And that's, uh, and now we are where we are. Wow. Um, but you, make well, it, you make it sound easier than it actually was. However, <laughs> Oh, you can't, you can't hear the exasperation and fatigue in my voice, but it's there. <laughs> this was a set, you know, you 7am to 10pm job every day. And there were um, a group of us, and all of us, of course, you know, do, just doing this because we believed in it. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the time, you you write to a leader, and they don't write back, and you just keep going at them until they finally get back to you. And sometimes when they get back to you, they they say stuff that's just dismissive or, or dumb. Yeah. Uh, and we got, yeah. we hit a lot of walls, and we can we continued to hit a lot of walls, and there are still people out there in leadership positions who um, speak out quite publicly against the funding of the arts, you know, mm-hmm. and at the federal level, at the federal level, you got Republicans saying, well, Democrats want to save the Mona Lisa and we want to save your life. <laughs> and it's not, it's not as simple as that, as you know, Tom. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, 
And then you carry that down to the city level, and we've got leaders or, you know, one commissioner who says, um, you know, I want to save people, not buildings. And we know that that's not it's not as simple as that. No, it isn't. Um, I don't give a I don't give a shit about the building. I, yeah. I don't care about yeah. the building. I care about the people and their livelihoods and right. and what what all, everything stands for that's happening in the building. Social mm-hmm. justice and meaningful mm-hmm. pursuits. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. I do. Sure, I care about the Mona Lisa, but I mostly care about you know, yeah, uh, my yeah. Secu- my security guard who just had a baby who needs to have uh, some sort of something better than waiting on hold for 10 hours with the unemployment department and getting a, a measly yeah. unemployment check. Now I need yeah, to take care yeah. of this guy. Huh. So, um, so you, you, you don't know uh, numbers. You don't know what, what, what uh, venues are going to get, or you, do you have some idea? No idea at the city level. Um, huh. No, I, I, there, there's a fund that's been set up uh, to which, venues and other entities can apply uh, and it'll be hopefully it'll be issued on a needs basis so at the city level we don't know what what we got Hmm. at the state level um we were able to convince the state to establish two funds Uh Uh, one is the one is very similar to the city it will be a needs-based application it'll be some sort of streamlined application for venues and other entities to apply to um, for for funding to help them get through this, but we also went to the state with uh, a list of dedicated venues. We we were able to locate and get in touch with 78 widely varying venues across the state mm-hmm. uh, from from every corner of the state. That and we asked them, what are your basic needs? What if we were to say, hey, we're we're gonna we're on life support, we're closed. What does it take for you to just close everything down? so that you don't have this pressure to partially reopen. You don't have pressure to do anything that's unsafe. How much is it going to cost you to just stay closed until there's a vaccine mm-hmm. or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. some equivalent to a vaccine? Mm-hmm. And we discussed with all of these venues, what, and basically we arrived at a list of seven or so expenses that kind of keep going while you're closed. Rent, and, rent or mortgage, some basic payroll so that the ticketing can so that events can be still serviced, you know, through the contract. Mm-hmm. A lot of events are moving into the 2021 season. We're, mm-hmm. we're booking out fall of 2021 now. Yeah. Um, and so we figured out, but we narrowed it down to three things, just rent, payroll, and utilities while closed. And we call that life support for venues. And, and we found 78 venues that participated in this. Um, but and, and they reported their actual numbers. We submitted those actual numbers to the state mm-hmm. and state. Uh, we asked for 10 months of this, and the mm-hmm. state gave us seven months, mm-hmm. um, which is great. It's it's it's, um, it's a real commitment. Yeah. Um, and now there there are a couple, a couple. Now then, there's all the rest of the venues though that that aren't closed all the way. They're not COVID closed, but they're COVID crippled or they're COVID. Yeah. That's, that's not the right word to use. They're they're COVID. Uh, um, hobbled. Oh, right. they're, they're, uh, yes. Yes. They're completely. They can't make ends meet, even though they're trying to continue to service their community, but they're mm-hmm. only doing it at maybe 20% capacity, or they're, mm-hmm. they're just not having music, for example. Yeah. So those venues, uh, there's a general fund for those venues to apply to. And then there are a couple of venues that we missed. We missed the Criterion Theater in Medford. Um, mm-hmm. And there were a couple of venues that just kind of, when we first reached out to them, said, oh, you guys are crazy. We're not going to get any money from the state. We're, we're not participating in this. We don't want to share our books with you. 
we don't want to give you our expenses because venues don't want to, you know, generally have all their expenses floating out there in public. And we understand that. So for those people, we're, we're continuing to advocate as well that they be treated um, um, when they apply to the general oh. general fund. They be retreated with the same yeah. respect and, um, and be given grants and a little bit of assistance on a needs basis. Because uh. most of the money you saw going out in the PPP yeah. and the EIDLs, the federal money did not go out on a needs basis. It went to anybody who asked for it. Yeah. And uh, you had a lot, like you had accounting firms who haven't lost a dollar being awarded $500,000 of PPP money. And it was just criminal. Right. Um, So this program, I think the reason it was a successful program is because it's a needs-based thing. And these businesses and these nonprofits are really in a life support. They're, they're, They're in an existential crisis right now. Why? Aren't we all? <laughs> Aren't we all? Jeez. Well, uh, you know, congratulations. Well, we'll see. Well, congratulate me when the check is in my pocket, and then the check uh, is in the well, pocket. Lincoln City Cultural Center. And, that's all. I mean, that's always the case. But you know, for 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 what you've done so far, I mean, congratulations, and and uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure you you have the gratitude of of. Uh, of all the music lovers in town, even though, even though Jim, I'm sure you know, I, I, I hear, I hear, I've heard, I hear from people saying like, that Brunberg, God, he's done such a great job, and then, and then, and then somebody else goes, I don't, under, I don't agree with that Brunberg, what he's doing. <laughs> well, I want to have more discussions with people that don't agree with me. I, I'm not really, I don't know whether it's the way I grew up or what, but I don't really want to be congratulated on this. I would rather have meaningful conversations with people. So, you know, when people bring up issues, usually we, uh, we, <laughs> the royal we, I, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, but and the other people who are helping with this, we usually make adjustments. You know, I just got off the phone yeah. uh, with some people who are actively um, trying to figure out a way to use this money that we're receiving or or a uh, part of it to establish a venue for people of color in Oregon because uh-huh. there uh-huh. isn't one. Right. And that is a crime. That is an yeah. embarrassment. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's just embarrassing to look at this great state, which is very much an entertainment state. People mm-hmm. come here for the mountains and the beauty and the beaches. And they also come here for shows and the Shakespeare festival and to see rock and roll shows in Portland, Oregon. And um, the blues festival. They're just passing. Yeah. And the blues festival, all these things. There are reasons that people come to Oregon, but when you look around at the landscape, the the ecosystem of Oregon does not include ownership representation by people of color. And that's something that we're having active conversations to try to remedy. And that came to us when we were first starting this effort. Mm -hmm. You know, we we, venues looked at each other and were like, wow, we all there's something missing here. There are some people missing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm. I want to know about people. Uh, if people don't agree with our approach, or we want, we we're, we don't have all the ideas. We're just asking for help, and mm-hmm. that includes asking the public, and, and those critical of our efforts. It includes asking them how we should be doing things differently. So, mm-hmm. you know, you lay it on me now. I'm not happy to hear it, <laughs> or put, give people my number. You feel free to share <laughs> it, and I'll I'll listen and try to do something. But I mean, again, I'm just a guy. With a venue, a couple of music venues who's trying to save 
those places and others like them similarly situated. So, well, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care if you don't want to get congratulated or not. We're all happy that uh, that you've put this work in and anything that that, uh, that 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 will keep the music playing, whenever it whenever the time is right, is uh, is a good thing. And uh, so, um, you know. We're going to keep on fighting, and you will too. Yeah, no, we got a long ways to go. Like, there's a lot of improvement that needs to be made. Like I said, to the ecosystem of venues, and you know, there's a lot that we can do to make venues more welcoming to all people, uh, from ADA mm-hmm. folks, uh, you know, people who who have uh, uh, you know mobility issues, and we have a lot of work we can do to people who can't afford to go to shows to have better mm-hmm. um, ability mm-hmm. to offer low, low price tickets. And I think my, you know, a main, a main priority for me is more shows for youth because when I was yeah. a kid, you could go to shows, but here mm-hmm. in Oregon, there it's very draconian um, OLCC rules yeah. That, yeah. and et cetera, that make it really hard to put on all ages shows. So that's a big, that's a big personal goal of mine. I, I can't yeah. say it's a, yeah. You know, the Independent Venue Coalition number one goal is just for survival and then yes. to make improvements. And yeah. I hope that we can weave, you know, hopefully this funding will mean that we can survive at least for the next seven to ten months. And then we'll be able to focus and not be in a, a haze of, of, of yeah. desperation.